Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. All right, guys, welcome back to Breaking Barriers. I'm extremely excited today. Um, anybody who knows me let, knows that I work my butt off, you know, every day for the past 10 years with my business. Um, but they also know that I work really hard, but I also like to have a great time on the weekends and enjoy myself with some great cocktails or drinks. And so today I'm really excited. Um, you know, this this company and these two, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that are husband and wife, which I also think is badass. Uh, <laughs> you know, Chris and Camilla here with us uh, with Volley. Um, guys, first off, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for sending in the back corner. Okay, see, I got some volleys propped up back there. You'll see it better in the video after. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we're really, really excited to have you guys here today. What you guys are doing is innovative in the uh, the spiked uh, seltzer industry. And I'm really excited to learn more about, you know, what you guys have ingredient wise, what separates you guys. But before we even dive in, thank you for being here. Well, thank, thank you for, for including us, John. We're thrilled to be here and, and share a little bit more about Volley, about ourselves and, and the story that, that brought us here. Yeah, if you can. So for people who are like, who the hell is Chris or Camilla and what is, <laughs> what is Volley? Can you guys, I think you could do it way more justice than I could. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, let's kick it off with who we are. We're, we're just a, a husband and wife. Um, we've been uh, making beverages for the past eight years. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so we, we've been in, in the business for a little while. Um, we have a, a mixer brand that, that we started a, a couple of years ago out of our home kitchen. Um, it was actually uh, a uh, kind of a passion project that I started, and, and I met Camila soon after I, I started it. And, and you want to share a little bit about how you jumped on board? Yeah, um, I was in the banking world doing sales, and... Mm. Um, I just, I'm from the Philippines, so I was thinking like, maybe I should move home and kind of not not happy and fulfilled in what I was doing. So I left while studying for the CFA um, and helped Chris on the side. I was his bookkeeper and oh, organizer and, you know, just helping doing everything um, with a cocktail business. And we realized that we worked really well together. So I jumped on board full time and began um, helping with operations. And um, we have a subscription box, so getting that off the ground. Well, yeah. he got it off the ground, but just helping him grow it and scale it. Um, so yeah, that's how I joined the beverage world. And yeah, it's kind of a impromptu uh, jump into the the beverage world for yeah. Camila, but she's been the the wizard behind the curtain for for. <laughs> Thing. So from back there when we were working on that, and that company still exists. It's the American Cocktail Company, mm. uh, but also in Volley, uh, Camila's the CFO. Uh, she has her CFA, and she she makes sure everything functions. No one's skimming off the top, and <laughs> right. every, everything's trains are running on time. And Camila, let me ask you a question. So, so many so many times we have questions like me, my wife, my wife in adapting social. Uh, is the CFO as well. Um, <clears throat> very similar story here as well. Um, and and so one of the things that I get asked very often from like, you know, power couple duos, right? Is, you know, when so when when Chris was doing his thing and, you know, you jumped on, 
the financial world, like typically people who are left brain analytical people are way more susceptible to analyzing risk, right? Where what Chris was doing could have been like, wait a second, this is risky. Oh um, yeah. You know, this is my career. This is my life. What what gave you that like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this and, you know, I'm going to put, you know, the, the finance world aside and jump into this. Like, What gave you that drive and energy to do that? Um, I saw what Chris was doing every day. We basically were living together at this point and I was so much more interested in helping him out and I felt like it wasn't fair. Like I was working and I just wasn't putting my all into my job and, you know, we're young and just why not try it out? I mean, we were, to be fair, Chris was already, there was already money being made. So there was revenue. And so that okay. was safer than like just jumping. Right. Chris also was working part-time when he started American Cocktail Company. So mm -hmm. we both didn't jump ship from jobs um, to start this, like having no income or anything. We, we knew that there would be some support from the company already. Um, so that's helpful. But I mean, that you're, you've hit the nail on the head. No one's asked me that before. And it's just so true. Chris is not scared. And I'm the one who's like, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. <laughs> that's you sure about stuff. this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's legitimately, it's funny. It's me and my wife to the T. And yeah. she's very calculated, very, you know, wait a second. Wait, hold on. And yeah. I'm like, it'll work out. It'll work out. Let's yeah. just exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it, it works. <laughs> it forces you or me to have to really talk through how it's going to work. Right, right. And so before we dive further, because I really want to dive really deep into volume and everything, but before we get there, for people listening, I also want to kind of give a little bit more of a lay of the land, Chris, without like, how did you even get involved with the, you know, mixed drinks industry? And then obviously flip that into volley. What was it from the get-go that, you know, made you say, well, what were you doing? And then how'd you dive into this and, and what, what made you go? Yeah. So the, the original jump into this was, to be honest, it, it was um, even before I started this, I, I, I uh, was in, in college and I came up with uh, a be better version of Jungle Juice. Mm. I was working at a, a nice hotel uh, in Washington, D.C., and one of the uh, people who worked there was the the head mixologist. He was uh, flew in from Italy to be the consultant to develop their bar program, and um, I, I speak Italian, so we, we would become buddies, and I, I tried his, his drinks, and I said, you know, th these are incredible. There's fresh, vibrant ingredients. That they're fantastic. It's nothing that I've ever tried before. Maybe there's a way someone at home can have the same drink and that, that was the inception. And, and we, or like you were the social chair, weren't you? I was the social yeah, chair, yes. So, so I had to have some, make sure everyone was having a good time with some good drink. <laughs> but this was definitely, uh, our, our drinks were not, uh, his name's Masi, and we call him Masi the mixologist. And uh -huh. these drinks are definitely way better than uh, jungle juice. So mm. it elevated the, the idea and the concept. And yeah, those, those that got us in there. But there's a big leap because it's extremely difficult to go from zero to one. Mm -hmm. And in that process, you know, we we didn't have funding dollars. We we didn't know how to develop a product. We we didn't know step one. And I I just talked to a lot of people and tried to listen and and poke in different places to try to find the, the path. And one of the most 
consequential things was I, I someone was like, you know, you should reach out to this this uh, food this uh, not lab a food venture center at, actually at Cornell. Cornell mm-hmm. has an awesome uh, food venture center that supports entrepreneurs, and I, I reached out to them and I was able to I took the bus up there and I went to this course that taught me how to make a product safely. So it's called HACCP, H-A-C-C-P, Hazard Analysis and Critical Control Points. Any food product has to have a HACCP plan to make sure that there's the recall steps possible to figure out mm-hmm. when something went wrong. And that was that's like fundamental to everything that came after in, in our, our food experiences because we know the, the building blocks of how to make a product safely. And that right. was, you know, we were able to do that very afford, uh, affordably. And that, that gives us what we know about making a product. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you take this now, now with, with Volley, right? So walk us through like the beginning phases of it. Like, you know, on the website, you guys paint like a really good picture of it. But for people, again, who don't know, um, walk us through like where did Volley's concept come from? Um, and then also if you can piggyback from there into like, what's well, like, what is the X factor of you guys versus your competition, right? So like, what's the separation? Um, I know that the ingredients I feel like are unparalleled in this industry right now. So if you can dive in on both of those, that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, this is a good one for, for you to yeah. take because it started with a book. It started with a book called the Dorito effect. Um, everyone should read it if they're interested to know what's in their food. Um, and we were actually uh, rooting on the train back into the city uh, from Long Island. And um, I was just fascinated um, and blown away and kind of disillusioned and annoyed because I felt that um, we were being lied to by the food industry. Um, it's mm. essentially about flavorings and you know those spices and powders that are, you know, essentially what's on a Dorito, like that cheese that's on that Dorito. Right. And I always figured like, okay, fine, there are fake co- colorings on that cheese, but it's probably some derivative of cheese. Well, we're not sure if it is or isn't, and this book brings that all to light. Um, it talks about uh, the most, the thing that stood out the most was vanilla flavoring comes from a beaver's like excretion from a beaver. It's like, no, yes. Yeah, yeah. You need to Google it. There's like a whole national geography. It's crazy. So it's, called, it's called the Dorito effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dorito effect. So it's actually called castorium. It, what Camille is mentioning is it's one of the most common ingredients in a, in a popular flavor. And yeah. castorium is the goo that comes out of the butt of a beaver. Yeah. That's in uh, no way. Ah, so there's all kinds of things you can yeah. find in there, but you, you just wouldn't find it because they're not required yeah. to disclose what's in there. And there can be over a hundred ingredients in, in that term called natural flavors. It also artificial flavors, you know, the, the big improvement people say is, Oh, it only has natural flavors, no artificial flavors. Yeah, it, it's right. still a flavor that is distilling these different things to try to mimic yeah. the taste of a blueberry or a, Right. Apple. Which, of course, never tastes the same, but you just think, you know, whatever, it's part of that, and, and it must, a grapefruit flavor must have some grapefruit in it. Well, it may not. So that really annoyed me. And it kept, this was in like 2015 or 16, and it was around the time that all of these malt beverages came up. And they kind of marketed themselves, or 
are marketing themselves as like the healthier, um, maybe cleaner, lighter alternative to beer. It's definitely lighter. Don't know about cleaner or healthier because the amount of times I've Googled what is the alcohol base in spiked seltzer or what is a fermented cane sugar and how do you ferment cane sugar? Like I just couldn't and still can't really wrap my head around that. Um, so we were like, where is that better for you, like guilt-free drink? Like I enjoy having a few drinks. I mean, who doesn't? But there isn't that healthier, cleaner one that we can just make at home. Um, and so Chris and I were like, you know, there, well, mostly Chris, because he's a risk taker, was like, well, there isn't one on the market. Let's make one. And I was like, are you crazy? We have a cocktail company. Like, what are you thinking? And he's like, nope, we're making one. And um go and we basically like started running from there um and how so so one of the most difficult things to do is to come up with a name how did how did you come up with volley yeah so the the whole it was we did go through that and just say go but we did write out a roadmap of like what are the steps from what we learned in in American cocktail coming, what are those steps? And, and first was we need to make a product. And from that experience we had, we, you know, we we've we also make uh, private label mixers for for some of the big retailers. So we we've made like over sixty to eighty products, and some mm. are Walmart nationwide. So we're we're good at making products, um, which is a, a big advantage to be able to do that. You know, basically almost at home. We have the different tools. The uh, yeah and, and uh, pH measurements, acidity, all, all that. Um, so we, we said we need to make a product first before coming up with a brand. We need to make sure we, we know what this supply chain looks like. And then, then we need to build a brand. You know, at the end of the day, you could have a great product, but uh, there's a lot of products out there that, that don't win because they, they don't win hearts and minds. And yeah. you need a, a good brand if you want to do that. Um, which is very hard to do. You know, people think it's just about looking good, um, you know, coming up with some nice packaging, which is very important. And um, that, that's a big part of it, but it needs to be a system that all works together. And we, we said, if this is going to be something meaningful, that's, that's going to participate in this category, um, we need to work with the best brand team. And that's when we, we set out to, to find our partner. And we met with a bunch of different agencies out there. We, we came across Red Antler. Red Antler is an amazing team out in Brooklyn. And Red Antler is behind some brands like Casper and Allbirds. And um, most importantly, their team is very uh, good at what they, they're, they're very passionate and they're, they're very skilled. And so when we met them, it was a no-brainer. We said, you know, these guys know how to bring this to life. They, they are the customer. They believe in this. And uh, so they've been our partner from day one, and they uh, help bring the vision. They take what's inside an entrepreneur's head, and they turn it into something that is alive and, and visually uh, takes that that feeling and turns it into something physical so um, they came up with how it looks but they also came up with the name so they presented that name to us and we said you know we're not looking for something that uh, necessarily needs needs to explicitly mean something it doesn't need to be you know American cocktail company is very explicit uh, right. exactly what you know what it is probably related to but here we wanted it to give a feeling 
and that feeling is positive. We were looking for something that was energetic, uh, something that felt collaborative and, and not... Um, yeah, light. Yeah, and, and positive. You know, yeah. Yeah. Simplistic. I think I think the the good thing is it's very it's very simplistic, um, and and that's and that's awesome. And so let's let's dive into the ingredients. So so walk us walk us through this this big X factor that you guys have from you versus the other competitors. Like, what what makes you guys different? You want to touch on the ingredients? Yeah, um, it's very simple. We use 100% low agave tequila, um, sparkling water and organic juice um so i'll start out with you know sparkling water is sparkling water then there's juice and the juice is not from concentrate so um and there's no natural flavors so it's literally as if you cut open a lime and squeezed it or a grapefruit a mango we use mango puree it's actually very hard to find mango juice mm. um, we use ginger fresh pressed ginger from peru we mm. find peruvian ginger has a more of a yellow tint, which we want that color in our juices, and it's spicier than the Chinese ginger. I loved, I loved the. I'm, I'm a huge ginger fan. Okay. So, good. Um, so I was like, this is actually epic, and it tasted phenomenal. Yeah, that's so amazing. It, it, it does just taste like a real juice, like real fruit, which is become like a rarity in in the food business, and that's just really sad. Um, anyway, I won't go on that tangent. But then we use 100% agave tequila. Um, there are basically two different types of tequila, 100% blue agave and mixto tequila. Mixto tequila can have um, up to 49% uh, other sugars. So mm, those yeah, corn syrup, which is, uh, cane sugar. Yeah, which is why it's called mixto because it's mixed with something else. Um, Hangover and, city, right, Chris? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, the best comparison. Jose Cuervo is a mixto, yeah, the, and then yeah, Don the Julio is uh, a hundred percent agave. Right. Got um, it. So we, you know, we obviously could have used a mixto, which would have been more price effective, but or cost effective. But we really wanted to stick with the integrity of the ingredients. And um, Chris went down. Well, you tell the story about going to Mexico. Yeah, um, I was pregnant, so I couldn't go down on this trip. Okay. <laughs> so, good reason yeah. yeah the um i went down to mexico to find the tequila we would use because the as camila was saying the 100 percent agave tequila actually has a geographic trademark just like champagne mm -hmm. be bottled in champagne uh 100 agave tequila needs to be bottled in jalisco mexico so i went down there tasted about 15 different blanco tequilas um, we dropped in some of the big brands just to make sure we were being honest with ourselves in, in taste. So we dropped in Herradura, Don Julio, Patron, and we picked two that we felt were the smoothest because the, the goal is a very clean, smooth uh, flavor profile. Yep. One, one was Don Julio Blanco and the other was a ex uh, exclusive private label tequila, which is now the base for Volley. So at its base, this... The, the ingredients here are, are quite exceptional. We're, we're pretty proud of them. And um, to actually put locations to, to the ingredients, Camila mentioned the, the gingers from Peru. Uh, most ginger in the US comes from China, uh, mm. slightly duller. Um, the grapefruit comes from Texas. So te uh, Texas ruby reds are the, the state national, the state uh, fruit. 
And that is, you know, it's fantastic. Slightly bitter. Then uh, the mangoes, we felt the Mexican mango was, was fantastic. So we went with that and lime as well from, from Mexico. Um, so the ingredients, we, we think they're, it's hard, hard to compete with the real thing. You know, we, we are very happy having the real thing in our product. And there is a limitation as a result of that. You know, you ask yourself, why doesn't everyone else do this? You know, one reason is that using real things do bring a variable into play. So right. uh, they like to use natural flavors because it's cheaper. Color is identical every single time. The, co- uh, the color is exactly the same. Uh, and the cost. Cost, yeah. <laughs> color, cost, and taste are, are the same. So our, our product, it is it settles. You know, real, real juice settles. If you go to the, the juice aisle in a grocery store, you're going to see the clear bottles. There's going to be juice settlement there. And you know that's mm-hmm. we've all been uh, around juice long enough to say, okay, that means that's good. I need, I need to shake it up a little bit. Um, so we, we have that educational step that is required with our product where you actually do need to flip the can, um, get the the perfect mix. Otherwise it's still nice without, but there's that limitation, but we think it's, we think it's worth it. So so that's very interesting. So you guys can, there's only three ingredients. There's, there's the, uh, sparkling water, there's the juice. Um, and then the tequila, um, and, and I think that that's 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 huge, right? That's awesome because when you look at it from the perspective of, you know, how many people you know are drinking all these artificial flavors, and who knows what kind of beaver butts you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross, but it, it's real. Look it up, guys. Listen, honestly, I think I think you know you guys probably are going to ruin snacks for me forever, but it's okay. <laughs> you probably don't need it. Uh, no, definitely don't need it. Um, <laughs> So, so what do you guys, so, so this is all very fascinating. So what is, what is the, the next steps, right? Like what uh, you plan to roll out more products? Like what are the, what does the next five years look like for Volley? Well, one, one of the main things is we're, we've come out into the market and now we, we're educating people. So, and also listening. So, you know, we, we know there's certain things that we need to do a better job of. Like we, we need to make it perfectly clear that you need to flip the camp. You know, right. I don't know if when you tried it, you you knew to flip the can. It's, it's it yeah, yeah. And it's, that's that's one of the things we we're working on overcoming. And so that's a listening game where where we've heard that feedback, and now we're we're updating our packaging to to make sure that nobody is going to open a can that doesn't know to flip it. So it's kind of like a fun uh, challenge to to overcome. So that that's one thing. Um, the other part is just building distribution right right now you know we're we're in five markets we're in New York New Jersey Florida Tennessee and Georgia and mm-hmm. we have a couple more coming but we need to make sure that we're we're doing that responsibly and and have the right um local uh, understanding of the markets you know you one thing you want to avoid is growing too quick where you're in a bunch of markets but aren't uh, you're going wider distribution instead of deeper distribution um, so balancing that is one of the things we're, we're trying to make sure we do in a smart way also our team you know we, we haven't had uh, the team's growing quick there's a lot of lot of things happening that we need bandwidth for Um so making sure we're doing internal uh, management and, and keeping efficient, even though we grow. What, what do you think? 
What else is cooking? We have a lot cooking. We do. Compliance. Well, I, I'm on the compliance side, so just making sure that we're in compliance. Each state that we expand into is, you know, has different rules and regulations. So making sure we're on top of that and ahead of it um, as opposed to behind it. But And COVID, it, keeping yeah. our, our pulse on COVID is really important because it is, it has, there's actually a misconception. People think that there's more alcohol being consumed right now. Uh, but it's actually not more gross alcohol. Like the, the, the total amount of alcohol is not larger. It's just coming from a different channel. So more alcohol being consumed at home because the stores are open and uh, the bars are not. So all of that volume has, has shifted. Um, but we need to keep a pulse on when, when is on-premise going to open back up and you know, be, being ready with the right strategies for that. Yeah, that's 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 mission critical, right? Especially with the unknowns of uh, this fun thing called COVID, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and all these all these shutdowns and lockdowns and things like that. So, you know, how throughout the past you know eight months, how have you guys navigated um, and you know drove forward with you know, place getting shut down and so have you been able to properly like move? Yeah, the the. Um we are very fortunate that off-premise was deemed essential business. So if, if from day one that had not happened, I think all of these seltzers would have been in very, very big trouble. But fortunately, that was allowed to stay open. So, you know, we've, we've been pushing forward through, through COVID. Um, we did have some, some slowdowns in terms of production because Mexico was shut down for a little bit. But tequila was deemed essential business, so that was that was fortunate as well. So, uh, my wife would agree with that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's an agricultural product. So, <laughs> but um, so we yeah we've we've been just powering through. There's a lot of punches that that have been coming our way, unexpected like COVID. Um, you know, trying to uh, do all of the the uh, label approvals and all those things early on became difficult because they were understaffed uh, because of COVID to approve those things. Um, and then other things in the supply chain get affected like freight. Freight is at a extremely high level. It's extremely expensive because all these trucks, you right. know, scale is on fire. So these trucks are in high demand to, to move goods from left to right. Um, manufacturing of anything that people can buy is on fire. So that's, that's driving up the cost and, and even just the availability of trucks. Mm. Um, agave is on fire. So, you know, for tequila, so that, that's, uh, there's, there's a shortage of agaves. And then to top it off, there's a shortage, a global shortage of cans. So uh, have you heard of the global can shortage yet? I have not heard of this. Yeah, so th this is a like phenomenon that's going on right now, and people have never people in the industry for you know thirty plus years have never seen anything like this. If you wanted to start a anything in a can tomorrow, you would have a very very tough time finding cans on the market. They're really? worldwide. Worldwide, maybe if so someone might be, have bought a bunch and and you know three xing the cost or something. But there is an extremely tight uh, can market, so that's that. Those are the headwinds we're 
we're managing, but um, yeah, never a dull moment. Wow, I did not know that. That's that's good to know that there's uh, <laughs> there's a can gate. <laughs> yes, exactly. So every can you have, you, you, you cherish it. <laughs> Listen, I'm not throwing any of these cans out. <laughs> I'm reusing them. Um, <laughs> and I to the air, I kind of dive a little deeper and and put put my guests on the spot. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Chris on this one. I'll give you some time to think over there, Camilla. All right. So so one of the things that I did. So when I first started my agency, uh, it was about ten years ago. I was 17 years old, and one of the bigger things for me was like I wanted to figure out what I could do to motivate myself. And I started googling stuff, and I found a couple different quotes that really really resonated with me. Is there any quote that or, or adage or something that you live by, Chris, that that you really mess with and like through difficult times or through triumphing times, like you you go to that or you, you live by some some sort of adage. Is there anything like that for you? Oh, I, I'm, I think we're very similar. Um, I, I like to get those quotes, read motivational books, and you know, I, I love business books. Um, I'm sure we've probably read a, a bunch of the same, um, but one of my favorite uh, inspirational characters out there is Steve Prefontaine, um, who's a, a runner, and his quote was, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I think about that, you know, everything we're doing we try to put our, our best effort into it and and just lean into it as, as hard as we can you know effort makes a huge difference you, you might not have the resources of some of the other companies or the huge companies but you can have more effort more heart and, and more energy and that goes a long way that's fire that's fire exactly um I would have to say, um, when in doubt, just ask, because um, I'm not good at that, and Chris is very good at that, and I've learned from him. You know, he doesn't have any qualms calling someone and just asking for their opinion, and I don't like to do that because I don't want to bother anybody. And I think it's so important. You're not an expert, and if you're not, you know, first of all, admit it, and second of all get the advice from those experts because, and people are willing to help out, you know, it's like, why yeah. not ask? Um, I love that. It's like, it's like the Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So, so, so I love that. I love that. That's why. And you know what though? I think that a lot of, a lot of just people in general, put, put entrepreneurs aside, a lot of people will, will be scared to ask questions because they don't want to come off like, they don't have the proper knowledge or how they're going to be judged and whatever else. And, and I think that having that specific, there has to be a little, like when you're running a business, there, there has to be a level of, I, I don't give a fuck in you where it's like, you know, there's going to be situations that pop up that are going to make you look a little crazy. They're going to make you look like you're, you're nuts. Um, but asking questions, I agree is such an important thing. And, and I, and I really respect you, uh, looking at, you know, what it is that, you know, that you want to get better at or you, you need to work on. Um, because like that was like, actually, as I started to build my team, one of the things that I realized about myself in, in a, a CEO perspective is that, you know, the first, the first 30 employees that I had, I was always like, oh, everyone's, I'm going to be everybody's best friends. I love everybody. It's great. It's this, that, whatever. But when you're running a company with systems and processes, and at the end of the day, you need results, Right. I'm naturally an, an empath and I'm naturally a people pleaser. So I don't like in my normal life when somebody's upset with me or if like somebody's mad at me or if I piss somebody off or 
I always try to, you know, give people a shit sandwich, if you will. It's like good news, bad news, good news. So <laughs> the, the more that I've grown, though, I've identified things like that in myself where I'm like, wait a second, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a it's a team sport. Like you mentioned, you know, runner. Like I look at it like basketball, right? People have to be on the same team. They have to be scoring points. And if they don't, you have to replace people and put the right people or train up and whatever. So um, I think that's huge that you've identified that. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Um, so thank you for sharing that, both of you. Seriously, that's 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 a huge. I got to hit this. I got to hit this again. I got to hit this again. You guys are going to break my button over here. Uh, but but with that said, guys, we're 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 practically at the end here. Um, please, this is where I want you guys to plug yourself, website, social media. Uh, talk about where they can find you guys, where they can go pick up products in the states if they're in the states. Um, ready to go? <laughs> yeah, find find us on our website at drinkvolley.com. Uh, follow us on social. We've got a really fun uh, social feed, very active. It's uh, at drinkvolley. So. Um, yeah, find us there. That's where everything's going on. And we're in those states. So uh, New York, New Jersey, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee, but we're also shipping nationwide. So um, anyone who wants product, you can get it on our website. Oh, so you can go right to the site, order it regardless. Exactly. Yeah. If you're in California or, or wherever you are, you can get product. What's the shipping turnaround time on that? I think it would get to the person within a week. Okay. So about a week. Okay. So if you're thirsty, you better think ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plan. Uh, you're, you know, you're in the, the tri-state area, it would come probably within two days. Yeah. 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 But on our website as well, like if you're in those five states, you can type in your zip code and find the closest store oh. to you. And we're yeah. continuing that. So Yeah. Awesome. And feedback. We, we love feedback. We love to hear what people think of the product or ideas or engagement. So, yeah, we, we love to hear from everybody. Yeah, listen, first off, I just want to say I appreciate that so much because, you know, you said something earlier, Chris, that you're like, you know, we're putting things out and we're listening, right? And I think that in, in any phase of, of building a brand, it's so important. And, and I love how open that you guys are because you want to make the best product for the customer. So um, I really appreciate that. Guys, everybody listening in right now, please go give them a follow, go check them out. And I highly suggest that you buy some cans because they are actually fucking awesome. Um, and I'm not just saying that I'm not just blowing smoke. They're actually really good. And my wife is already hooked. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a, a customer for damn short. Um, and we typically like to end off here guys with, uh, you know, I like to, I like to change frame of minds, right? A lot of times we live in like autopilot world where people, you know, it's, they get in their box house, box car, box work back to home. And, and, you know, people are in such like a, like when you run somebody at like the store that you know from high school, typically most people run away. They're like, oh my God, that person from high school, I'm running away. I don't want to talk to them. Um, or if you do, it's like very canned conversation. Um, so I like to disrupt the mind a little bit in a positive way. And instead of saying, everybody have a good day. Thank you. We always end off with everybody create a great day, right? You're in charge of it. You, you're in charge of making the best of it. So everyone listening in, um, there's a lot of great golden nuggets that came here today from Chris and Camilla. So please uh, give them a follow. And, uh, and again, Chris and Camilla, thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you, you, John. This was awesome. Really enjoyed talking to you and uh, hope you create a great day tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, thank you. You guys too.